Hello, dear listeners. Just a quick note. I mentioned a while back that our plan is to publish each adventure as a single episode. However, it turns out that once you get up to about three and a half hours, that single episode is too big and bumps up against your hosting services file size limits. So this one is coming at you in two parts. Here is part one and part two will be up in hopefully two weeks, maybe less, maybe more. Depends on how it goes. Anyway, here you go. Enjoy. The city of Amaranthine. Massive, ancient, and immutable. A thousand empires have risen in her shadow, and she has outlived them all. In her streets and under them, mortals of every class and calling struggle to find their place, all beneath the gaze of the city's silent and deathless queen. Welcome to The Exquisite Lich, an actual play Dungeons & Dragons anthology podcast where players and DMs from across the community come together to tell short stories in a setting that we're building as we go. With each adventure, a new set of players gets to add elements to the world, establishing new religions, uncovering ancient kingdoms, putting classic elements into new context, and filling the landscape with life. Let's see who's joining us today. Uh, hi there, I am Shogun, uh, Shogun117 on Twitter, and I run Mimic Knights and Shadowrun New Atlantis on Welcome to the Party. Uh, you can check their schedule on there. I run mostly on Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, and I will be running this game here tonight, which so far has just been unofficially called just Romance, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably a really bad title. <laughs> yeah, we'll fix it in post. yeah that's me i'm vin labate i play on a podcast called the chimera which is an actual play podcast we're currently playing fourth edition dungeons and dragons uh, in a very heavily Mm. modified and hacked apart and reassembled fashion um in our first season we played uh story path uh in a sci-fi space adventure superpower game uh and uh, also from that podcast is my associate here Hi, I'm Casey Smith, and I am also a player on the Chimera, um, which is all those things that have been said it was. <laughs> well, hey, my name's Kyle. Uh, I play with a podcast called Magic Folk. It's an actual play for 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, we're real goofy all the time, but also things get kind of dark and scary, so it's kind of a uh, you know best of both worlds kind of situation. I was playing the other day. I was playing Dark Souls, and I was listening to Weird Al, and I had to like kind of make myself not so scared. <laughs> and I thought this is pretty accurate. That's pretty close to what the podcast is. So I, uh, <laughs> it's gonna be my new elevator pitch. <laughs> Solid. Hey, I'm uh, Waffles or at Mahaffey on Twitter. Um, they them pronouns, and I'm from the Mouse Guardians and the Ironhide podcasts. All right. So again, because I have terrible memory and also because on my phone, the history of our chat gets deleted, like progressively it's rolling. So Mm. I only Mm. get to see like the past two days on it. Um, We said that this will be taking place in Copper's Bend. Is that correct? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right on. Awesome. 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 So Copper's Bend has, uh, as established previously, been kind of on the rise and had kind of a revival, which is probably what has kept uh, Fox and June's shop up, like from just completely going under because 
you know, a, a tinkery shop and, you know, assorted others shop is useful and can make money. But, you know, a lot of people just don't have time or money for things like that. If it's not essential to their work or to to their business in some fashion, you know, a lot of people will just be like, you know what, I'll just I'll just ask the town crier what time it is. I, I'm not going to spend all the money to to get a clock. <laughs> so, you know, business is rough as a kind of specialty shop like that. But it has stayed open thanks to the massive influx of of customers and people who have money uh, into Copper's Bend. And so this has allowed for these this group of friends to gather together and begin to celebrate the Festival of Foundation. Which is the celebration of when the city itself the grand enormous city was founded but since it that was so long ago they don't actually remember when that was and so they celebrate the month of it those who are wealthy celebrate more of the month since the big festival is usually at the very end uh they get to you know the rich people celebrate beginning to end of the month poorer people just celebrate the last little bit or the days just before the big conclusion and then they participate in the festivals and and whatever public events that don't cost money uh, there are to to participate in. Uh, why don't we have uh, one of either the Fox or June describe to me the interior of their shop because I believe that's where we're all gathered. Okay. So uh, the shop that I guess I'm officially calling Fountain Square Solutions, is a tinker shop. On the outside, there's two large windows that you can't really see through because they're full of signs. Um, in the left window, there are all these, it says, metalwork repair, locksmithing, jewelry repair, devices, arcane appraisal, engraving. Uh, and then there's a little certificate of membership in the Fraternal Order of Smiths, Tinkers, and Metallurgists, which is the uh, local guild for people who work with metal. Uh, but on the right-hand window, it also says apothecary, sleep and digestive aids, pain relief, curatives, salves, and potives. So it's sort of hard to see through the windows. Inside is, it's not a huge space, but it might be larger than it needs to be for um, for a general tinker shop purpose. Um, there's a counter to the right, uh, and then behind it, it's full of cubby holes where people's various orders are if they're getting things engraved or repaired. Uh, but to the left is just a large sitting area that uh, June and Fox have sort of staked out because they use this place as much for entertaining as they do for business. Um, and then there are a couple of back rooms where a lot of the actual work happens. Um, you can see through one of the one of the doorways uh, various like there's a small kiln and you know various things for mixing potions and such. There's a lot of stuff everywhere. June is not good at cleaning up after herself. So there's like there's various display shelves that have uh, things that people have like, have left her to sell for them or things that she's put together herself. She does a lot of work on locks um, and music boxes. But there's also just like tools and bits of things scattered all over the place. Uh, and she generally knows where they are, but it definitely looks like chaos to anyone else. Uh, is 
Fox there with June at the kind of beginning of the night, or are you off doing something else uh, outside? Um, Fox is probably off doing something else, but she'll kind of roll in mm, probably a couple hours after it's closed. The shop is closed. Mm-hmm. Nice. Who next uh, of this group of friends would arrive? Because the the plan, as far as I understand, is that they're going to gather together and begin their celebration of the foundation. So um, who would arrive first, Ray or Remy? I feel like Remy would be would be last. But he's probably doing a gig to at someone else's place and is wrapping up still. Mm-hmm. So he'll probably show up in costume uh, <laughs> a little bit late. Nice. And I, I figure there's not that many people to uh, take on a tour of the school before a big holiday. So Ray will show up with like a small crate just filled with random funguses and jars. <laughs> Got your order. <laughs> Fox, your your um, growths are here. Oh, sweet. Everything's labeled uh, skulls or no eating. You know, yush. Mm. <laughs> So Fox just kind of sits down and starts poking through all the things on the crate in the crate. All right on. And Remy, what kind of place do you think you're doing your event for? It's probably someone who's much more wealthier, like their private party. So he's he's a he's doing like uh, wallpaper music. I don't know if you've heard that term, where it's just like filling in the background and getting people, you know, so it doesn't sound too quiet when people aren't talking. Mm. So he's probably just in the back jamming, um, you know, playing his lute and using his music boxes to accompany himself. He tries to be a little more performative when someone's looking. <laughs> and he, he maybe moves a little, does a little movement and he probably actually kicks his music box and breaks it again. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll bring that back, I guess, to uh, June. She can fix that for me. Again. Uh, the customer meets you at the end of your shift there and hands you your payment and then also gives you uh like a half bottle of whatever they were drinking to take with you oh hell yeah thanks take care yep thanks mister i'm going out bye and he sprints out the door because he's running late so you just sprint all the way there just non-stop yes (laughs) so when you open the door you just fling it open i imagine yeah. <laughs> hey guys, I'm here. Sorry. What's up? Here I am. I feel like this is totally normal for Remy. I feel like, yeah, probably kind of like a Kramer uh, type entrance. Just like, oh my God, look what I got. And he shows the half drunk bottle of whiskey or whatever. Uh, <laughs> you guys want some? You have been using cups. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, I don't know. This isn't mine. I just got it. June is already fishing uh, a small tray of of small glasses out from under the counter. Uh, great. <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to detect poison and disease on that bottle. <laughs> <laughs> detect poison. <laughs> Mostly the disease hat. <laughs> um <laughs> it, well, it's at least equally as sanitary as where you are working. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Alcohol does kill mostly. True. And so I guess the the get together begins. There's not really any really well defined traditions to do with 
foundation. It's just kind of celebration, an excuse to to waste money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what what kind of things would each of you try and contribute to to your little get together? Just four friends trying to uh, enjoy yourselves despite everything. What what kind of things would each of you contribute to this get together? Well, I think Remy's probably playing because that's his natural where he feels at home. Just like absentmindedly plucking at his lute, uh, just you know, doing a similar function of putting some background music, but also improvising songs whenever it seems appropriate and uh, in conversation. Right. Ray has uh, brought a number of recreational funguses of which they do not partake, but you know. In case y'all want them. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ray, your funky fungus is so good. <laughs> uh, June pulls out a box, again, from under the counter. She just keeps tons of things back there. Um, and you recognize it pretty readily as coming from the cafe across the square, which is called the Great Big Pig. <laughs> and it's just a big old box of mixed pastries and donuts and beignets and just a whole bunch of a bit of everything probably we should all anyone who's going to partake should start out with one of these that's going to be my suggestion (laughs) um fox will have a couple potions that are basically like party tricks in a bottle so like you drink one and you know your mouth glows a funny color for a couple minutes and you drink another and it sort of tastes like sunshine and um, you know, it's kind of like little nothings, but yeah, just like little basically instances of prestidigitation, just odd little in your face, <clears throat> yeah. cool things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will cast fairy fire on the ceiling. Ooh. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sparkles. Oh, okay. I thought it was actual fire, and we were all gonna... no fairy fire. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lights. Good. <laughs> it's lights. It's all a glow. <laughs> Should we do descriptions? Do uh, yeah. Let's let's do that yeah. right now then. Great. Yeah, let's start with June. June, uh, as is probably somewhat evident when you step in the door, is an Asimar. She's very pale. She has like Malfoy blonde hair that's up in a loose sort of messy ponytail and silver eyes. And she's almost always wearing just like sort of sturdy workplace clothes with lots of little burns and stains on them from the various, um, you know, from the work that she does. And it's nighttime now, so you can't really notice it. But whenever she passes by direct sunlight, she sort of glows. Not not in a way that's like emitting light, but more like someone has just sort of turned up the bloom a little bit. <laughs> nice. So, and, yeah, I was going to, can I do Foxglove next? Is that yep, a- yep. That makes sense. Um, so Foxglove, or Fox for short, is Juniper's twin sister, um, who is a tiefling. So there's this sort of strange phenomenon when they're together where like if these two were human twins, they would have been identical. And so there's the same facial features and the same sort of body structure. But because they're an Asmar and a Tiefling, they also look completely different. So it's like a little bit of a your brain just hurts for a tiny second when you see them together. (laughs) Um, But she has like coal black skin, like onyx colored um, she has this crimson red hair that's sort of cut short and a little bit longer on one side and kind of almost buzz cut on the other side. Um, she has bright golden eyes and she has um, 
So all tieflings have horns and hers are in the manner of a black buck antelope, which is basically they're kind of jut straight back at a 45 degree angle, but they're these like tightly coiled horns. Ooh. Um, and they're about two feet long and she's got like little gold cuffs on them and a few chains basically because people stare at them anyway. So fuck you. I'm going to make them pretty. Um, <laughs> and she has um, a long prehensile tail that ends with a spade that is usually like, you know, she's like holding something with a hand and then also with her tail and will just sort of like pass things from her tail to her hands. Um, and, you know, slightly pointed canines, things that are all demonic. Um, her feet are also kind of, like the best thing I can say is like, if you remember Disney's gargoyles, how they all sort of had those feet where everyone walked on their toes and they like almost like an animal foot. Um, mm-hmm. And sh- so she doesn't wear shoes because that doesn't really work for her. Um, but she has cargo pants and a gray linen shirt, um, with this really long vest that's just completely covered in pockets and patches. And she's got like a little belt with a bunch of little pouches on it. Um, and just pockets all over the place, pockets on her shirt, pockets on her trousers, pockets on her long vest. I think if you were paying attention in the shop, you might notice that there's a lot of gouges in the wood of the ceiling and the the door frame where (laughs) when they were growing up, Fox had to learn how to bend just a little bit to avoid (laughs) hitting it with her horns. Yeah. Yeah, if you look like straight down the wrong way, you scrape on the ceiling. A lot of sneezes that ended up with splinters flying. (laughs) Right. They used to have a chandelier, but they don't anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And what about Ray? Uh, Ray is a drow, about um, six foot tall, a little bit stockier than most drow. Uh, They like to eat Um, light plum skin, bouncy blue silvery hair. Uh, with a bit of a curl, a large thick glasses that hang off of bigger than average ears, and they are immaculately dressed except for their boots, which are stained green from uh, working in the uh, <laughs> gardens. Nice. So kind of like the, the robes are kind of like almost like leather type just to yeah. to because you need a bit of toughness if you're going to be kneeling down in a garden or whatever. Mm-hmm. Especially when the garden occasionally tries to kill you. Yes. <laughs> and Remy. Yeah, Remy is a bronze dragonborn. He's currently in costume uh, because he was gigging, and he likes to dress kind of like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Sufjan Stevens, where uh, it's very eccentric and uh, a little too elaborate for what he does, uh, including uh, a big pair of wings that he puts on his, has on his back right now that are not functional in any kind of way. Uh, butterfly wings, of course. <laughs> So he, he wears a lot of funky colors that uh, clash with the, the tone of his uh, bronze scales. and uh, But he's a big six and a half foot uh, dragonborn. <laughs> right on. And a knock comes at the door. Come on in. Uh, the door peeks open and then in comes Alia, the elf. She says, hi. Hey. How's everybody doing? Good. Here we got donuts. Oh, thank you. Can I? I'll have one of those. She closes the door behind her, rushes over to June to snag uh, two little like cupcakes, then heads over to Remy and hands Remy one and begins to dissect her cupcake so as to eat all of the icing and and the filling inside and leave all the bread behind. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. 
well, thank you for this gift. I can't, I was so hungry. I didn't want to take one first. You know, I get self-conscious about these things, but thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I uh, borrowed something from my parents and she pulls out a little flask. It's maybe six, seven inches tall, but it's this little crystal flask uh, with some amber liquid in it. A glance sees that it's it's um, Voldemort house uh, whiskey. It's expensive looking like <laughs> maybe selling this bottle would probably get like all of the expenses for the shop for maybe two months. Whoa. June just does a long, low whistle. Uh, wanted to know if if any of you were interested. Yeah. I mean, I got this from a stranger, so I was kind of sketched out about <laughs> drinking it. So, yeah, let's do that. Let's uh, hear uh, Fox. Why don't you take this? I actually want to talk to Remy real fast. Can we go outside? Oh, yeah, of course. And so she opens the the front door and brings you around, closes the door and goes around to the alley off to the side of the shop. Uh, Describe to me what's going on indoors, the three of you. Um, So Fox is holding the fancy crystal container of fancy expensive alcohol and kind of tilts it from side to side and decants it and takes a sniff and closes it again and says, I don't know that we shouldn't just sell this. On the one hand, sure. On the other hand, I would like that. (laughs) (laughs) Your lives are incredibly short. You should enjoy them while you have them. There's probably a, like, (laughs) there's probably a look that accompanies that statement because we get that statement a lot. Right. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It comes with every single uh, recreational mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I'd enjoy two months of the shop paid for more than I'd enjoy a hangover tomorrow, but eh, money comes and goes, and it mostly goes sure, but <laughs> we have we're covered for for now. So Fox just sort of passes the crystal container over to June. Uh, outside, Alia says to Remy. All right, so you know how I said that my dad is a banker um, and how I work as a maid in a fancy house? Yeah. I I was lying. Uh, oh. I, I live in the fancy house. Oh. It's well. I'm telling you this because I, 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 I want to not not tell the truth anymore. And yeah. Oh, that. Well, yeah. Well, why were you afraid to tell me that? Because my dad said that I. I can't be telling people because they will marry me because I'm rich instead of because they care. And also he wants to marry me to someone who's rich. But if I can prove to him that it's serious, that it's not just, you know, someone I just met, then I can take you to meet him. 
and, and my mom. Oh, well, don't worry. I'm going to be rich someday. I got five gold coins from this last gig I just had. I'm rolling in it right now. <sighs> and she hugs you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, don't worry. It's going to go great. I'd love to meet them. Okay. So I can invite you and I can I can bring our friends too and we can go celebrate the foundation with my family and and if that goes good then then I should be able to get my mom to convince my dad that it's okay well i i say let's go for it i'll i'll wear my <sighs> costume there i'm sure they'll be impressed yes uh not the wings though <laughs> but honey the wings are the best part they are. Uh, yes, they are. Look at him. And he's, he grabs the wings <laughs> with his hands and starts flapping around. Huh? Huh? <laughs> uh, maybe. Well, see, the thing is, is that my, like, uh, I kind of have some distant relatives who are, who are kind of pixie fairy people, and I think <laughs> they might be insulted. Ah, uh, hmm. Good point. I'll leave them in the shop. I'm sure they won't mind. Yeah. Um, okay, so we we can go over there tonight if we want to, but, or we can just stay here and celebrate here. I, I'm fine with either one. What's, why not wait? Why wait? I'm down. Okay. Let's go party in a big house. Your big house. <laughs> okay. Let's go tell the others. And, uh, she'll follow you. She'll follow All you right. inside. Yeah, Remy, uh, does a 180, goes back into the shop, opens, busts open the door. Hey guys, this party is a rolling party now. What now? We're moving. We're going. No, we're not moving. I mean, you're, you're still living here, but we're going to another house. The house. Yeah, another house. Aaliyah's house. Apparently it's a big house. Why are we doing this? Well, some stuff about, you know, Meeting the parents and proving myself as being a worthy companion, and you you know how these things go. I have probably like 15 songs that are about this. <laughs> yeah. Also, 14 <laughs> of 15 of those songs don't end very well. Oh, okay, yeah. I know the ballad of the man who died in a ditch because he spurned someone's father. It's not a great happy tune, but I've, I learned from the mistakes, and it, you know, it goes well. It's going to go well. And you can, guys can come too. So hold on. Let me, let me just get this straight. Oya lives in a big house, which is news to me. And now all of a sudden, we're all going to like spend our foundation with a bunch of strangers so you can impress them because she wants her family to like you. Like that sounds like fun to everybody. Yeah, I guess when you put it that way, it sounds pretty bad, but I don't know. I'm sorry. I I was hoping that you would be able to come, but if you're not interested, that's fine. Um, Yeah, it, it's okay. June finishes her glass of whiskey, <laughs> which probably should have taken longer to drink than it did. <laughs> okay, so we can we can go or we can stay. Anything's cool with me, I guess. But I guess if we're going somewhere, I'm going to have to get dressed. So we should make up our minds. 
I mean, there's gonna be like good food there, right, Aaliyah? Yeah, really good food. It's a like a big, it's a big thing. Um, it's a big thing. And we could take you to uh, the family's tailor, so we can get you like really nice clothes for the for the event. Ray, what do you think? Well, they're offering free clothes, so it's really up to you guys. Please. I mean, you do wear clothes. <laughs> I wear these clothes. Um, and you wear them well. However. Okay. <laughs> Don't you want more pockets, though? I could, I could give you some of my earrings that I have at home. I don't. <sighs> to put on your horns? Uh, you don't need to bribe us, kid. Just fine. Let's go to your damn party. I love you all. <laughs> no hugging. Remy had his arms up ready like, to go. Uh, okay. <laughs> June disappears into the back room for a couple of minutes uh, to put on clothes that at the very least aren't work clothes. And when she comes out, you can tell that she has her uh, chain shirt on underneath her um, whatever it is that she's wearing for a top that I can't think of a good word for right now. Blouse. Um, because she is a little bit paranoid when going out. And so she grabs her her satchel and reaches down behind the counter and uh, grabs her gun. <laughs> slips it in there. Nice. Okay. I think I'm ready to go out now. Okay. Rad. Um, yeah. It's actually okay to bring bring all your your weapons and stuff. They won't be bothered by it. Um, I'll tell you about it on our way there. And she steps outside to lead the way when everyone's ready with their stuff. Yeah, Remy gets his uh, deep purple uh, longsword named Bob Killen, straps <laughs> it to his waist. I mean, I, I think Foxglove just always has her dagger and hand axe on her. So she's set to go. Uh, Ray has left the sword and sickle at home. Um, so, uh, our family, my family, we're we're called the the Darkrest. We are kind of it's kind of dangerous to be a Darkrest, sort of, but not exactly. So, um, they're part of this kind of old family thing. And so she's t- talking to you as, as you're all walking. They're kind of this old family thing, a mostly an elven thing. Um, and there's this, this set of, of a few families who are always trying to one up each other. It's, it's the, the regular, you know, aristocracy stuff, but um, they're, they do it more violently because <laughs> They've signed into an accord where they've legally allowed each other to kill each other. Um, <laughs> the, that seems like a great idea. That, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's kind of buck wild. I'm kind of into it. It's kind of crazy. I currently have not signed into it, but I might later, but I haven't signed into it. <laughs> But so basically different members of the families are allowed to sign into the accord and then all other people who are signed into the accord are legally fair game. Um, there's rules on like not being cruel and stuff like that, but it's 
technically legal, which is kind of scary. But because of that, everyone is armed when we go to fancy parties and everyone's ready for a fight to protect themselves. Um, so so you guys have like a like a big citywide game of murder tag? <laughs> kind of. It's not very active. People don't do it just because they do it with purposeful like reasons and there's a lot of re- ways that they're not allowed to do it you're not allowed to send someone to do it you have to be in the accord to do it um you're not allowed to use poison because that can hurt people who weren't the intended target uh and there's like a few other rules there's a lot of like weird specifics because they've continued to to add to it add more rules to it as time has gone on and people accidentally got killed yeah yeah mm-hmm. um but so it's you're all safe. You'll be fine. And probably nothing will happen. People don't usually do stuff in big uh, festivals and stuff. It's just it's just a thing that we deal with. So it does mean that like carrying your weapons and wearing armor is actually OK at our our, our festivals and stuff. It's encouraged, actually. So, Ray, if we want to pick up your stuff, we could Maybe swing by? Uh, I am fine. I don't need it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. I am not on the clock. <laughs> so she guides you over to uh to the district which she has described as where she works. The uh what did I call it? Uh it's the elephant ivory ivory, ivory, spires. ivory spires. Ivory spires, yes. Um the ivory spires uh at the gate that you approach the uh, one of several gates you see four guards are set in front of it wearing quite regal and fancy even for uh the city's standards uh weaponry and and gear and say halt what is your business in the ivory spires alia darkrest is bringing guests right in this way and they open up the gate and let you all in the guards take kind of a good look at each of you as you go in trying to note down your features but they don't ask any paperwork or anything of you no trouble please remy gives like a big smile trying to appease them but in the process shows off his many sharp teeth and uh probably does the opposite effect of what he intended (laughs) yeah the like Two of the guards are, are in the direction of that smile. One of them kind of takes just a quick step back and the other guy bumps him forward. He's like, just relax. <laughs> Ray walks in like they own the place. <laughs> Hell yeah. In the ivory spires, there are, for the amount of space that's in this district, there are far too few houses. There's something like maybe 50 actual estates in the entire district. Where, you know, you could fit something like 700 homes if you pack them efficiently. Um, You know, but each of them, this big, fancy estate, the largest and most important ones uh, are these white towers that are what this district gets its name from. And she guides you over to one of the more medium-sized ones. It's not as much a tower, it's more of a a more modern looking mansion and guides you in the front door guards pretty much ignore your existence 
and she brings you to the front door. This big regal wood door that's got a bit of a red brown tone to it with metal fastenings holding the the hinges and the door handles these big metal rings all right hey Aaliyah yeah uh I was feeling pretty confident but now I'm super nervous me too we could do this though ready yeah she gives you like a quick side hug and opens the door bursting in and you see just a maid is like tidying up the floor but no one else is in the space she expected like her family to be right there waiting and there's just nobody around mm. oh okay all right um well actually let's get you all to the tailor before we meet them i guess oh, just over here and she brings you over to the eastern wing which has uh their library and their workshops they're kind of the the spaces where the aristocracy practices things they're interested in fencing and uh assorted interests arcane practices and all sorts of things and it brings you over to where the tailor is at a gnome with little bit pointy ears sat there with his like wheeling um scaffolding basically that he uses to be able to measure people and sat there hello who is all this well hi i'm remy i'm a bard remy and i bet you could appreciate this work of art i've put on right here no who else is this very assorted crew you have here Alia, who are these people exactly? What are they doing in the house? These are my friends. This is Remy, uh, Ray, uh, Fox, and June. June waves. They're my friends. Right. So I expect you want me to replace their grubby attire, the drow notwithstanding. Yeah, I... Yeah. Um, step up. He'll take your measurements. Uh, who wants to go first? Ruby goes. He goes in for it. Right. What clothing do you prefer? So he gets up on his sort of wheelie scaffolding to get up to your height and begins to pick and look at the clothing you've got. He, like, grabs the seam on the shoulder and just goes, rip, tears it. (laughs) Cheap. (laughs) What? That was... It took me days to do that seam. I'll replace it with something far better, I assure you. Okay. Turn around. Let me look. Yes. Wide shoulders. I can make this work. What armoring will be made into your clothing? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) What did I put? Well, if you're joining into a Dark Rest event, I would expect you to have something. I do have my leather armor. Does that work? Yes, I will make something equivalent. Uh, so you essentially want me to just make what you're wearing, but good, yes? Uh, you can try to make it better, if you can. All right, yes. Uh, I think I might have something in the lost and found that can do the job. <laughs> While this is going on, June has pulled out a sketchbook because she is only just realizing 
that this is a very interesting opportunity and is starting to sketch out some concepts. <laughs> what what are you centering these concepts on? Um, essentially a combination of formal wear with integrated chainmail, mm-hmm. like yeah. something with like a really fine weave of light metals. All right, John. Uh, then uh, you can step aside. Remy, yes. I will do the next one. Who's next? Uh, I guess I can go next. This is mostly done. Um, she glances at Fox. Do you want to match or not match? No, I'm fine. Okay. Um, yeah, so she spins the, the book around. So I was thinking something like this, and it's kind of like, you know how sometimes you'll see like a, a gown that looks like it's like almost fish scales, like it's that shiny, mm-hmm. iridescent dish. It's it's sort of like that, but with chain interwoven. So something like this, in like a like a blue green. Yes, yes. I have this material here. I'll have to dye it, but we we use this extensively uh, for the Darkrest family. Let me just take your measurements real quickly. And he does your measurements real fast and says, "All right, next one. I'll take the tiefling, please, Fox." I'm- I like what I'm wearing. Go. Thanks. No, I need that's my I need this vest. Well, give that to me. I will hold well, that. Darling, they will return your vest. No, I, give I, to me. <gasps> <laughs> As your friends slowly push you towards <laughs> her <laughs> tail. She just kind of hisses at June and her tail is like twitching very irritably <laughs> as she gets sort of strong armed into looking fancy. It's free. <laughs> the gnome wheels his scaffolding around so that he's just face to face with Fox. Says, so pockets. Yes? Yes. Those pockets specifically were, you know, they're enchanted. I would prefer to keep them as part of the outfit. All right. I can reintroduce them into the clothing I make for you. I hope that doesn't screw the thing up, but I guess we'll find out. I have expertise in this area, I assure you. Okay. Well, I'm really glad I had a shot before we came here. <laughs> Do what you want. <laughs> and so it takes your measurements and uh, says, alright, this uh, Ray, yes? Would you be interested, or are you doing alright? With little cleanup, you could Enter the aristocracy. I think Ray will step forward and uh, list off their measure- measurements for <laughs> the uh, gnome and something black and gold, I think, for this party. Thank you very much. Uh, I will do so with haste. And goes off, goes and opens up what looked like like a little cabinet at the bottom of a desk or something to where you'd keep like some papers or something opens it up and walks in. Cause it's actually just a gnome sized door <laughs> <laughs> goes in and begins to work in another room that you're not able to see. So uh, what he comes out with in a minute is clothings each for you to your specifications and measurements that will simulate whatever armor you have picked for your character. So you'll, you'll keep the same armor, but with now much, much fancier version. <laughs> Wonderful. And so, yeah, functionally, 
mechanically, nothing changes. Hmm. Protects like leather, wears like silk. (laughs) And in the meanwhile, while you are all trying on your new clothing, Alia goes over to the changing room and changes into a dress, uh, which glimmers and sparkles as it's pure white with just this some kind of crystal inlaid into the surface of it. It's not very puffy. It's kind of more just straight down and appears to have strategic um, cuts. They're not like just slices in it, but cuts along the bottom of it to allow her to have a full range of motion if she were to need to run or something. (laughs) Steps forward. Uh, Hi, what do you think? Like it? Hubba Bubba, you look great. <laughs> Get smacked right up the side of the back. <laughs> <laughs> look at this. And she pulls the dress up a tiny bit, and you see her high heels have uh, pointed out the front of them. They have a small blade. <laughs> see that? Bad ass. All right. Uh, you doing all right, Fox? Yeah, yeah. This is a uh, this is a blast. Um, I think Fox ended up in kind of a, almost like a tuxedo top, but like the tails <laughs> go way down. So, it, you know, all the pockets kind of end up on this. It's almost it's almost like a dress, except there's no front. She's still in like now they're like fancy pinstripey trousers sort of things. Yeah, almost like a um, great coat, like a fancy duster yeah, almost. Yeah, exactly. But like for parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Let's go. Uh, I bet they're out on the on the balcony. Uh, Daddy always tells me I have to call it a terrace, but whatever. Sounds like a great place to be thrown off of. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, don't mention that. <laughs> It'd be great for an outdoor concert. It is good for that, yes. He, uh, kind of fiddles with his loot, like, excitedly. <laughs> or brought out to this fancy terrace where there's around... 75 individuals, mostly elves, but a few other assorted people. Uh, The maids and uh, waiters are of any race, not uh, particular. And you see a bunch of people in very regal stuff. A lot of the men have clothing that looks like like fancy military wear, like they've there, like it's obviously a very decorated and fancy, but it is like a metal breastplate or something that they're wearing. Um, some of them even do have like medals on them from some war or another. And Leah points out over there, there's my dad. Uh, he's up on the, the podium over there. And you see a fancy elf, a bit more muscular than the average elf, is standing there, a cane in his left hand, which he's leaving on, leaning on quite heavily. And wearing a breastplate of metal with numerous metals hanging down from it. And his left side or yeah, right side ear is cut. So as the bottom of his pointier ear is kind of clipped a little bit. Um, He has a few scars, but being elf, elven and being rich, they've kind of healed in a more refined way. <laughs> they look tasteful rather than ghastly. And he spots the five of you over as you enter into the terrace. Well, Godspeed, Remy. Try not to make a fool of yourself. Thanks. 
Or get yourself killed. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. I'm freaking out. Maybe I should I should I get the wings back on? No, I shouldn't. No, nope, nope. <laughs> He begins to move his way towards you. You see that the cane he has looks pretty heavy, like it could probably be fought with. <laughs> and he moves towards you. Leah, precious. How are you doing this evening? Doing all right, Daddy. And this is. And looks over to Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Your friend here. Um. Oh. Yeah, Ray's my friend, but I wanted you to meet Emmy. Uh, hi, I'm Remy. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you, uh, sir. Nice to meet you, sir. She like grabs your arm and hugs it and closes her eyes as like a person who tries to like not watch the final impact of a car crash. (laughs) (laughs) It's this. This is the person I wanted you to meet. This is the person that I want to be with. All right. Well, that's that's fair. Fair. I suppose. Enjoy the evening. All the pleasantries of the Dark Rest are open to you all. Enjoy the evening. And he turns around, heads over to reminisce with a few older elves. My god, it's a disaster. What? It's a dis- <laughs> what happened? Did I mess up? You existed. (laughs) Ray, that's... You're so cruel, but very, very funny as well. You did fine. I, uh, uh... What do you think, June? Fox? Did I, like... I said sir. I mean, you didn't drool. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. If you had, like, run away and jumped off the edge of the terrace to get away from him he would have not let me be with you but also he wouldn't have been too happy if you had just not reacted he kind of enjoys scaring people i can tell with that big ass club he had yeah that, does he use that to walk yeah he does um but for other things too for protection for clubbing yeah <laughs> it's the main thing they're for clubbing Good. Well, okay. Introduction's over. Uh, I say we eat and get drunk. Agreed. Yeah. Here. Um, if you really get into it, just make sure to uh, end your night inside because it gets really cold up here in the evening in the morning. Oh, uh, that was that was much less ominous than I thought it no, was going to be. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, just you're free to stay the night. There's plenty of guest rooms um basically just make sure you don't end up crawling into a bed that is one of the family uh bedrooms my brother has his room my parents have their room and i have my room other than that you guys can take any of the bedrooms okay all right let's get smashed okay um then in that case let's drink the more expensive fancier stuff first while you can still taste it so we're here. 
<laughs> so from here on out, it is it is an event and you all celebrate. How do each of you integrate and interact with these higher class people? How does how did June and Fox do? I think they probably start out sticking close to each other. Um, June has kind of an arc where she is. She starts out very cautious. And then as the drink starts to kick in, moves through a very gregarious phase and like definitely is just grabbing people to dance with. (laughs) And that's that's sort of the medium section. And then eventually she just falls asleep on a couch. (laughs) Very good. How's Fox doing with these people? I think Fox uh, sticks close to June because she knows the arc that June goes through. Oh, she does. Um, I mean, that's always the plan, but it never really happens that way because there's always something like she sees someone who she thinks she could get to become a potential client. So she kind of steps away to talk with them and, you know, show them a thing or two that she keeps in her pockets. Um, And then she turns around and June's like got some stranger on the dance floor and, you know, Mm. so it becomes one of those like where she's sort of like quasi stalking June and quasi doing (laughs) other things. And then eventually once June's passed out on the couch, she kind of relaxes enough to drink a little harder herself and Mm. end up passed out sort of like sitting on the floor leaning against the same couch because she can't (laughs) actually lie down with the horns like the couches are always too short (laughs) uh does fox interact with these people in the same way that she normally does like these people are very upper class they keep like coming up to you say good day you know like (laughs) she's completely unimpressed with that and just like kind of takes you know a little bit of pleasure in being very clearly not upper class and like watching them respond to her being like hey yo bro hey what up like you know just things that are clearly not the things you're supposed to say Mm -hmm. and then just sort of watching how they respond unless she thinks it's someone who she might want to do business with and then she tones it down a little bit um or starts by like giving them something and so that sort of talks for her yeah you find that uh these people act kind of how you expect they're a bit appalled by your attitude but not as much as you might expect they kind of take Mm -hmm. their pride on being a bit uh tougher stuff than the average aristocracy i imagine ray is doing pretty well (laughs) yeah ray ray picked up the uh fanciest drink they could and has been nursing that throughout the entire night and is just enjoying watching their friends just wreck this place. <laughs> I, I think um, I think they find some other elf who also has a bunch of friends who is, and they're just commenting on the the fact that <laughs> the mayflies have run amok. <laughs> um, so actually, for the first time so far, we're gonna actually have a roll. Um, Remy, would you please give me a perception roll? Will do. Oh, sorry. Gotta find my dice. Where did I put the bad boy? That's fine. I haven't. No, you know, you you wouldn't be in the wrong for forgetting that we were playing D anD. D didn't have anyone roll any dice for a while. Uh, I'm just gonna use my phone. I got. Oh boy, that is twelve. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you're having 
you, you can continue to to enjoy yourself however you want. You notice particularly that one of the butlers, a human individual, keeps watching you. Like he, you keep spotting him as he's he's cleaning a table or carrying some drinks over to some people, and keeps looking towards you. It's just staring at you, uh, almost like not angry, but almost almost shocked. Like not surprised but just kind of like what is like yeah almost like blown away like confused of you just staring at you very interested in you the whole night through other Uh, than that how do you spend (laughs) (laughs) i think this evening yeah i think remy is a little uh mixed up because he's been at parties that are pretty fancy but not Mm -hmm. Not in this sort of attention, you know, like it's been him playing in the corner and people just like acknowledge his existence, but he feels very uncomfortable with being in the spotlight in this fashion and uh, is probably trying to like shrink himself behind Aaliyah and following her around, which is pretty funny because he's a six and a half foot half tall like dragon <laughs> man. Um, so he's just trying to like not, he's just trying his best. He's doing his best right now. Yeah, you glance over, you see that there is a three-man band already here playing music. Um, and Aaliyah keeps dragging you around, going, Oh, hey, this is this is my grandma here. You need to meet her. She's she's lovely. Oh, madame. I, hello. And he like tries to curtsy. He, he doesn't know what's the appropriate <laughs> thing to do. Just, just shake her hands. <laughs> oh, hi, yes. Um, and of course it's a bit freaky because this Elf looks maybe five years older than Aaliyah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. They're elves. I forgot that. <laughs> it's like, hello. How are you doing? Remy, is this? Yes. Aaliyah's told me quite a bit about you. Oh, good things, I hope. Yes, mostly. <laughs> grins in a way because she just knows that that's freaking you out. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if Dragonborn sweat, but there's something going on with Remy's uh, face right now. <laughs> yeah, it's all in the eyebrows. Just uh. yeah, I think I think he peer if he like ever crosses paths with anyone if with like Ray Fox or June, he's asking for advice about anything. Like, is there like a proper way to uh, to like say hello? Do I salute? I don't know what to do. Is it okay to ask their age? <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell who's who. Yeah. Fox gives terrible advice. <laughs> She's like, they like it when you give them rabbit ears. And, you know, it's good to comment on, like, if you can see nose hairs, they really appreciate that. Oh, man, that seems like it can't be right. But also, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know how the wealthy live. It's it could, cultures are different. I'll I'll try it out. <laughs> and Leah just like hugs you. Says, no, no. <laughs> At some point, June just like physically bumps into him. It's like, hey. And she gestures over at the band. Do you know those dudes? Yeah, I think I sat in them one or two times. They're pretty good. Yeah, you should play a thing with those dudes. Uh, I'm going I'm to go dance with that guy over there. I'll see you later. What? Oh, okay. Bye. Uh, Remy looks at uh, looks at Fox and is like, is she in the arc right now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like halfway through. Oh, God. <laughs> June just grabs this just random elf. Who's like 400 years old. <laughs> it's just, oh, excuse me. <laughs> I guess we're dancing. <laughs> we are. <laughs> so, Remy, do you go over to the band? Uh, sure. I uh, 
pull out my loot and I'm like, you guys know Autumn Leaves in E minor? Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't use an yeah. actual song. That's, that's maybe a bad idea. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> sure. Too late. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, Keep it in. So the kind of percussionist, he's not doing the full drum kit or anything in a fancy thing like this, but he kind of keeps time for everybody's, all right, tick, 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 go, and counts you in. Uh, and you play music. Uh, most of the people are drawn in to dance. You kind of lead them through these songs. How do you end the night? Because June, I know where you end. Fox, I know where you end the night. Uh, Ray, where you end the night? Just, I mean, I only need four hours of meditation. <laughs> That's true. And I don't technically have to sleep if I don't want to. So I end the night is sitting in a chair on the deck, watching the uh, what counts as a horizon in <laughs> the big city. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of beautiful so Remy where do you end up finishing your night I uh I think he tries to stay up as late as possible with uh Alian trying to like kind of gauge his success in this whole endeavor and uh nervously asking if he's done well with this situation and this situation <laughs> but also feeling pretty upbeat um and then he's then he says what where do where should I sleep it'd probably be weird to sleep in your room I don't should I shouldn't do that that's bad my dad would kill you. Yeah, I think he would hit me with that big club and I would be dead. Yeah. So you can sleep across the hall from me. Great. Yeah, then he, he probably um, quickly falls asleep there and uh, very easily, emotionally exhausted. All right. So in this night, it's peculiar um, and... Before you go to bed, or, or sorry, go to sleep, Remy, you hear a knock on the door uh, after Aaliyah has left you and gone to her bedroom. Uh, I guess he cracks the door open and takes a look out. Yeah? Uh, you see the uh, server who you had seen staring at you before is there. May I come in? I guess. I don't. Like, I'm good. I've I had enough drinks and stuff. I, I don't need anything else. May I please come in? Sure. Yeah. Come in, friend. He enters, closes the door, and is looking about a bit kind of suspicious, like not he is acting suspicious, although he is, uh, but he is acting suspicious of, he's suspicious of the situation. He's listening in at the door just a bit before he fully turns his attention towards you, just making sure he's not followed. Like he's, he's very peculiar. What is your name? My name's Remy. Remy Dream Shout. Is that your born name? Uh, well, no. I have a different name, but I don't like to go by that name normally. Kind of gave it up. What is the name that your parents gave you? What is the name that Vilroth gave you? Well, okay. I don't know why you're asking about him. I don't know why, why that matters. What do you want? Why did you leave? Why did I? Why did I leave? I. Well, I was left. I. I. You know, I, I had no choice. You don't know your purpose. Well, I. I don't need a purpose. I have my purpose. I. I make art, and I. I have good times with people. That's what I do. That's my purpose. You. This is. 
Oh, boy. And he begins to look a bit panicked. <laughs> and he heads over to the door, opens it, and just closes it behind him and begins to leave. Like, quickly, like, not running, but moving as fast as he can without running. And is just moving away. Wow. Uh. I think Remy's very disturbed by this and probably starts pacing the room. Uh, I don't know. I guess he tries to eventually go to sleep, but actually, he probably, he, I think he goes across the hallway and knocks on Ali's door. She opens it up. Hi. Hey, uh, so one of the bugs. Hurry in. Oh, oh, okay. Don't stay in the hallway. Ah. I told you he'd kill you. Okay, sorry. Quietly closes the door. Okay. What's up? Well, one of the butlers came in my room and was asking me some questions that were kind of weird. Like what? Was he just trying to clean the room? No, no. (laughs) He was asking me about my dad. Like, not, you know, my bard dad, my, you know, crazy dragon god dad. So how much, let's go into a bit of backstory. How much have you told Aaliyah about all this? What does she know? I think she knows, I think Remy did tell her mostly everything that um, he was, he's the child of a dragon god that uh, put him into the, like put him on the planet to fulfill some sort of mission, but was abandoned by his parents and how his um, adoptive father uh, whose name was Sloane Dabez, uh, was like, you know, a, a human bard that raised him. And uh, so he'd probably explain that. And so he probably just came out and was not withholding with that information. Mm-hmm. But yeah, th- he doesn't sound like a secrety person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, why would he ask about that? Uh, did you know him from somewhere? No. Uh, and down the hall, you hear some stomping. You see, hear several footsteps of people moving down the hallway towards where you're at. Hide. Get uh, uh, under my bed. Quick. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> Can you roll um, uh, Steak? Uh, stealth. No, <laughs> please. This, this is now officially an 80s movie. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I have. Okay. I was trying to see if I had some sort of um, way to just, like a spell or something I could use. Uh, 12. Uh, okay. Cool. 12. Um, that's not actually too terrible. Um, and then she, like, you hear her do that, like, I wasn't up past my bedtime, rush into her bed and try to (laughs) calmly leap into her bed as quickly as possible. (laughs) And you hear the footsteps come up to the doorway, but then you hear the opening of a door. And then some crashing, some muffled crashing as if it's happening on the other side of a wall and a smash of a pot or something hit the ground and some yelling. Can't quite hear what they're saying. Um, Ray, you hear, because from where you're at, you hear upstairs, you hear some like running of some people running in the halls and then some smashing above and some a bit of yelling. Uh, Fox and June, you're both asleep, so, um, I guess just perception to, to notice this while you're kind of dozing off. Ooh, 15. 16. Very nice. You both kind of, huh, and notice the, like, 
loud noises going on straight above your head, basically. June wakes up slowly, but her hand is already and immediately in her bag. <laughs> uh, Fox just sort of gets up quickly and uh, glances up to the place where the sounds are and says, I think we gotta get up there. Oh, it got weird already, didn't it? I mean, we got through the whole arc, so <laughs> it actually took a pretty good while. Ray's walking towards the sounds. Following behind. Also doing that. Going upstairs, uh, Aaliyah is like whispering down to under her bed. I don't know. It's not dad. That's, I don't know what's happening. I'm gonna hide too. <laughs> oh. As she rolls off her bed and then crawls underneath <laughs> right next <laughs> to you. Um, I don't know what that was. And then the door bursts open as someone like slams into it. Where are they? He said he went in here with her. Uh, I don't see either of them. Nope, does not find either of you. The individuals up there search around apparently. I mean, to be fair, they haven't movies haven't been invented yet, so um <laughs> they, yeah. Hiding under the bed is like no one could be under there. You'd sleep on top of the bed. Right. That's where everybody puts their luggage. Yeah. <laughs> uh and at that moment, Ray, Fox, and June come up the stairs and see a human in a server's like waiter attire, and then two men in some basic kind of armor, like mm-hmm. maybe ch- like one of them has chain mail and the other one has some kind of like studded leather. Like these are not guards, almost like maybe adventuring gear style stuff. But I mean, it's adventure is like the most broad category ever. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we don't remember them from the party before. These two, no. You recall the server, though. Uh, they are, mm. two of them are human, the server and the man in the uh, studded leather, and the one in the chainmail is a half-orc. You do not look like the hired help. Leave this alone. This does not concern you. You're breaking into a young woman's room in the middle of the night. It concerns me. <sighs> Get him. <laughs> and the half-orc begins to move into the room to search it more thoroughly. And the two humans, uh, the server draws like a large letter opener. <laughs> <laughs> and the other guy draws two like single-hand swords and hands one to the server guy. Oh, yeah, that's probably better. <laughs> Ray draws two seeds (laughs) All of you can roll initiative Remy as well Because we're going to be doing stuff in there as well (laughs) Yeah First roll of the night 20 (laughs) Plus something Doesn't matter Uh, You're you're, you're on top You're first (laughs) I'm excited to just start this Um just max volume (laughs) casting conjure animals (laughs) nice yeah I rolled a 7 so 8 13 okay Uh, Ray you're up first alright I'm going to um, so Ray will take these two seeds and like 
underhand toss them both, and by the time they land on the ground, they've turned into these massive moss hounds. I'm gonna some. I'm gonna conjure animal for two giant hyena equivalents. That's awesome. <laughs> and they're just going to barrel down the hallway at these ruffians. Get them. Um, let me, since I've never conjured animals before, read it. <laughs> nice. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, they'll disappear if they drop to zero. Um, some creature. They have their own turn for which I roll a new initiative. 11 plus 2. So they go on 13. Okay. Uh, and they're currently in front of me. So uh, and that that will be my turn. Cool. So I, I have to give them a command on my turn. And the command is sick them. <laughs> That's a good command. <laughs> good job. Yeah. It's short and sweet. Nice. All right. Uh, the next goes the one with the studded uh, leather armor and the sword. And he rushes forward to intercept them. And so he is going to take a swing with his sword. And what is the AC of these things? They have an AC of 12. Nice. Okay, so that's going to be a hit. Just barely. Okay. <laughs> Just barely. Dealing eight damage. Okay. Good. And then he is going to just pull out a little shield to have on his left hand. And next goes Remy, and then immediately after Remy will go the Moss Hounds. The person, the one searching the room, who was that again? Uh, the half-orc went into the room. And what was he wearing? He is wearing a uh, chainmail and is carrying... You can't... You can hear the chainmail. You cannot see what he's carrying from your hiding spot. Uh, okay, from under the bed, Remy casts Heat Metal. <laughs> Oh, good start. <laughs> yeah. You cause the object to glow red hot. Any creature in physical contact with the object takes 2d8 fire damage when you cast a spell. And until the spell ends, I can use a bonus action on each of my subsequent turns to cause the damage again. It lasts for one minute. <laughs> As Remy plays Home Alone. <laughs> nice. Okay, so uh, what, uh, what kind of music goes with, like... Heat metal, <laughs> heat metal. Uh, I think it's it's pretty rapid. It's a, a quick tempo and pretty heavy. I don't know if he cast music for this one though. Maybe he just used um, a verbal component, like he says okay. a quick little poem. <laughs> Your metal was hot, too hot to trot. <laughs> but he whispers it so he doesn't get discovered. <laughs> All right, uh, then why don't you roll me stealth again? just to, to try and be quiet enough that you don't get noticed from where you're at. And so how much was the damage? Or, or how's this going to work for the guy? It's 2d8. 2d8. Yeah, roll that. Okay. My stealth check was actually 17. Very nice. And so I, there's another part to this I should read. Uh, right. The creature holding or wearing the object takes damage from it. He must succeed on a constitution saving throw or drop the object if it can. Okay. If he doesn't drop it, he has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks until the next start of your next turn. This is nice. a good spell. Oh my gosh. Hey, I rolled a one. Oh, nice. <laughs> on his con save. So that's two, two D8. Yeah, roll the damage. 10. 10. Very nice. And so he takes 10 damage 
he doesn't know where this came from. And all the chainmail just begins to glow red hot. And he, oh, whoa! <laughs> and tears the chain, because it's all glowing hot. It's soft enough that he manages to tear it off and drops it to the ground. Uh, you see the just lump of smoldering metal hit the ground and begin to damage a little bit that fancy rug. Perfect. And uh, anything else on your turn? I think that's it. That's all I can do at the moment. All right, then the moss hounds go. Uh, they will attack the one that struck. Nice. Uh, moss hound numero one. Uh, critted. <laughs> nice. These, that's, this is that's the best. I bought these dice for this character, and these are the best dice ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> Always use them. <laughs> so I double the dice on a crit, right? Yeah, let's go with that. So 46 plus three. Nice. Uh, six. 11, 14 damage. Very nice. Uh, that hurts. <laughs> and then Moss Dog number two. Uh, Moss Dog number two is uh, the exact opposite of Lucky and rolled a one. So. <laughs> oh, Moss Dog number two, no. <laughs> Those are some wild dice. <laughs> All yeah, right. I believe in two numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the butler moves up with his sword and tries to stab the already injured moss dog. Let's see what he gets. Uh, he gets a 15. Yep. Okay. And we'll roll his wimpy strike. He deals two damage. Hot dog. (laughs) Rolled minimum damage. And then also he is, he's a kind of not so strong, uh, guy. (laughs) All right. And that's all he's got. So June, you're up. Right. Um, June steps up next to Ray and pulls her pistol out of her bag. Her bag is her bag of holding. So it seems like it would occupy maybe a little more space than one would expect. It's it's a big pistol. It's covered in engravings in both Empyrean and demonic. And the cocking mechanism, like it's a big lever that sticks out of the side. She yanks that back. It's noisy just to cock the thing. It's like grinding metal. <laughs> I apologize for how loud this is about to be, Ray. <laughs> and then she fires it at the man in armor. Nice. And the blast is shot through with electricity. Ooh. And uh, that's a one. So oh. <laughs> it's probably very okay. loud. <laughs> <laughs> the shot goes, is there any mechanics for like jamming with, uh, with I don't think there are any official mechanics for that. Okay. Um, which does not mean it can't happen. Okay. I'm not going to have anything that lasts like longer than your turn, mm-hmm. but it does like jam. It fires the blast out and the, yeah, no, it doesn't jam. It fires and, um, you may have loaded it more than once. Oops. Like you loaded it and then on your turn, you're like, okay, now load it, fire. So it has twice the amount of powder you needed it. So it just like flies up and you like barely hold on to it as it just flies wild and the shot goes firing through multiple walls. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, maybe I'm not awake yet. <laughs> we are definitely making an impression. <laughs> and uh, speaking of which, Fox, you're up. Okay. So Fox is going to pull out, um, reach into one of her much beloved and protested pockets and pull out a vial of kind of this greenish, uh, noxious looking fluid. 
which she's going to fling at uh, the person who is attacking the moss dogs. Mm-hmm. And it's um, alchemical acid. Nice. So I think it's just like a normal roll to hit and then let's see what that happens. Uh, 19. That'll hit. And then it's 3d6 damage. No save for them? Um, let me see what they're saying. I think it's, it may be dexterity. Pull that up. Uh, yeah, it's a dexterity saving throw. Okay. Wow. I've been rolling really wild as well. I got another one. Okay. <laughs> it's in his mouth. <laughs> uh, and that's 17 damage. Wow. Yeah. That is very Whoa. nice. So the acid hits him in the face and like, goes down underneath his armor and you feel oh 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 and you see it does seem to have gotten like in his eye or something oh, and has dripped back inside or something because oh, no. all of a sudden something inside that was really important all of a sudden is gone and he just all of a sudden just and falls dead to the ground oofa doofa fox blinks a couple of times mildly surprised it doesn't usually go that well <laughs> Uh, all right. Yeah, that was absolutely intentional. Also noting it damages the carpet. <laughs> this poor carpet. Sorry. Sorry, Remy. Uh, and the half-orc in the room begins to just tear things up. I'm going to roll investigation for him as he just begins to ransack this room looking for uh, you guys. He rolls total of a 10. Uh, what did you get on your your first stealth roll, Remy? The first one I had, I think, was 12, if I'm correct. I believe so. So, yeah, he still doesn't find you. He begins to open up the the um, the closet where Aaliyah keeps all her clothes. That's probably about the size of Remy's, like, room, like, where he <laughs> yeah. stays. Yeah. Um, and uh, but he, he's, like, tearing stuff up. He cannot find you, and he's going to waste his entire turn trying to look for you. And we go all the way back up to Ray. Okay. I think, um... Are the Moss Dogs uh, concentration? Uh, let's see. Uh, yep. Okay. Concentration for up to an hour. So you can't cast any other concentration spells. Concentration spell, yeah. But you can cast any other spell. Yeah. But I will, um... I will cast Guidance on one of the Moss Dogs. Hmm. And then I will use, a. Bonus action to uh, use my Halo of Spores. Um, this <laughs> individual needs to make a DC uh, 15 uh, con check or take a D4 poison damage. That is a failure. Then, yep, they'll take a D4. Whoa. <laughs> Dropping dice. And it's a four. Nice. Uh, what does that look like, Halo of Spores? Uh, I think um, I think when I walk up and I touch the Moss Dog, it's just puffs oh. in a big oh. cloud of spores. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why that's cute to me, but it's cute for some reason. It is. Yep. <laughs> and the guy's just like, <coughs> oh, oh, oh. And uh, next goes uh, Remy. All right. So the chainmail that was on the uh, ground, right, like started burning the carpet. Would you say like a small flame maybe started there? Very small, but yes. Okay. Then I cast Pyrotechnics, which uh, I can extinguish one flame and I create fireworks when I do so. Each creature within 10 feet of the target must succeed on a constitution saving throw or become blinded. 
until the end of my next turn. Okay, that is going to be big enough that that's going to reach out the door and hit the other guy as well. Oh, actually. no. Oh, okay. Oh, so they're cool. both going to roll saving throws. Uh, What's the DC? My DC is 15. All right, so I rolled seven on both of them. Oh, wonderful. They have different modifiers, but neither of them make it to 15. So what you got? What's that do to them? They're blinded. They, uh, I put the fire out, but it, <laughs> it first kind of explodes into a, a bunch of sparks that uh, reach out into a huge range, and they uh, get blinded by that. Blinded by the light. That's what Remy sings. <laughs> oh, boy. Blinded by the light. <laughs> Attack rolls have advantage. Hot dog. Yeah. Um, and actually, as you do that, Elias rolls out from under the bed, and uh, you hear the shing of some blade being drawn and runs at the guy. Nice. Uh, rolling a 17 and a 19, because she's getting to strike an advantage, and you hear the blade sink into the back of this guy. And she deals very little damage, but she does deal some damage. <laughs> nice one, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and moss dogs. Moss dog number one with guidance will attack this poor blinded man in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> with advantage as well. <laughs> All right. A 15. That'll hit. All right. This guy's just in butler attire. Like he's got no armor or very little armor. Eight damage. All right on. Next one. Moss dog number two. Uh, 20. <laughs> That'll get him. Get that advantage. 4, 8, 12, 15, 16, 17, 18. <laughs> wow. Ooh. Um, how, what does it look like when a moss dog kills someone? <laughs> um, it just, it looks like a hound jumped on him and then just a bunch of like vines just started stabbing <laughs> just from the back. <laughs> yeah, it begins to like stab at him, bite at him, and then yep. steps off of him, and you see already mushrooms are beginning to sprout from his chest. Mm-hmm. And uh, because we, we got a kill, we've got Rampage. <laughs> is the other person within <laughs> 25 feet? Absolutely. <laughs> no, it's, it's barreling through <laughs> into the other room. Nice. Uh, 16. That'll hit, because he doesn't have chainmail anymore. No. <laughs> Uh, an extra seven damage as this dog comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Very nice. All right. And June, you're up. All right. Um, so those guys are both down. A lot has happened since you last fired your yeah. weapon. <laughs> yeah. Um, she flicks the uh, she flicks the pistol to sort of clear the remaining bits, reloads it, steps up to the doorway scritches the other moss dog on the head <laughs> pulls up the pistol and fires at the blind half orc nice uh what elements is going through this thing uh that is uh if it works an extra d6 of thunder nice uh yeah that's a total of 20 Whoa. yeah that'll do it <laughs> so 2d6 plus 2 of piercing uh, so that's nine and an extra one of thunder. Thunder in the face. Yeah. So a total of 10. Yep. Okay. So that leaves him. The shot shoots through his back coming out the other side. And he just leaves out like a breath that doesn't seem to come out from his mouth, but <laughs> more from the hole that you punched. 
and seems to just barely be hanging on there. And uh, it is Fox's turn. Okay, so Fox is just gonna um, take out their uh, hand axe and she's gonna just kind of walk up to this poor Uzi guy who can't see and has a hole in him oh. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> see if um, she could, you know, whack him with, with the axe. She'll, she'll aim for the head because she's merciful. Okay. Still get advantage <laughs> on this. Okay. So well, the first one is a 17 and the second one is a four. So I'll take the 17. Nice. That's a hit. All right. Um, and then I think it's 1d6 of slashing. I believe so. Plus okay. your strength modifier. Which I think is uh, one. Okay. So that is seven. Oh. Mm. And you decapitate him. Mm. <laughs> he is dead. Okay. And the head falls and then f- the body follows it to the ground. And everything cal- is calm. Uh, Alia is there. She's got a long stiletto knife that she pulled out of some hidden place somewhere in her bedroom. Says, oh, I take it back. This is a pretty good party. <laughs> what was that about? She kind of backs up and sits down on the bed, kind of pinning Remy down a little bit. Oh, <laughs> stuck. Got broad shoulders, baby. Oh, oh, here. And stands up. You can come out. June <laughs> leans down and sort of helps drag Remy out from under the bed. Is this, is that not your game of murder tag? No. No. Um, there's... Oh, buddy, you're really wedged under here. <laughs> Sorry, if you, I'm glad I didn't put the wings on. It'd be way worse. <laughs> so once you're all there gathered in the room, Allie's looking at the blood on her hands. This is not how it's supposed to be. That's, I mean, they came for Remy. Yeah, I think Remy looks out and sees the butler who he was speaking to earlier. And he says, oh, no. Yeah, I think it was for me. That's no good. Ray will produce a handkerchief uh, to get the blood off. Thank you. <laughs> of uh, And then uh, we'll tell the dogs to guard the door and they'll go out and just boop, sit down. <laughs> Good boys. <laughs> what was that? Remy, why would that happen? I I don't know. I, I thought my... Uh, that was behind me. I was kind of chased around for a while, you know, because they thought I was going to do something bad, but... I don't think those guys were an official business. I, I, I don't know. I thought that was all behind me. Oh, Wait, what? Was this what about are you talking your, about? Is this about your, and she just sort of points vaguely up towards the sky. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No. Pop up. No. I think. I mean, the butler came in and was asking me these questions about it. And, and I was just like, dude, what's your, what's your deal? And I don't know. He, he left, and then this happened. Hmm. June heads out to the hall and rolls over the uh, the body of the butler and starts to go through his pockets, checking him for just anything. Why don't you roll me investigation? Am I any good at that? I'm okay. 
Not that good. Six. <laughs> uh, you don't find anything particularly useful. Just like some spare napkins, which are bloody uh, and fungusy. <laughs> Nothing of note other than the sword and the large letter opener. She turns back to the room and just shrugs. I think we should get out of here so we don't cause any more damage to this home. Sorry about the rug. And the walls. And the walls. Oh, yeah, I shot uh, your wall. And the blood. <sighs> and the carpet. Uh, Ray, what do barking moss dogs sound like? Uh, like, like the sound of a frog expanding and then a big puff <laughs> of spores. <laughs> That's awesome. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that. You hear several of those. Whatever that is. I'm going to stick my head out the door. You see uh, Aaliyah's father and four heavily armed elves with him moving as fast as Aaliyah's father can move Ah, this way. I will tell the dogs to heal. (gasps) They part ways. Two of the elves stop to kind of inspect the bodies, but Aaliyah's father steps over them and heads in. Okay, once he spots ever that, you know, no one that he cares about is dead. <laughs> Didn't care about that butler, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if he even was a butler. Oh, true. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, Leah. A safe. What happened? What? And he kind of looks at all of you. What happened here? These guys are really trying to kill us, but Remy here saved your daughter. Remy smiles like, thanks for the brownie points you just gave me there. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that he, that Fox is entirely lying, uh, but could you roll deception for oh, me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, she thinks she's totally lying. So, <laughs> Like, yeah, more than I think, I'm pretty sure you would say that regardless. Correct. Oh, Jesus, 20. Nice. Plus okay. three, so 23 technically. I rolled an 18, so, like... Wow. Very good. An excellent lie. Very Holy nice. Shit. And he first steps over and hugs Aaliyah, and then immediately does the quickest, like, if you blinked, you would have missed it, and even if you saw it, you're very quickly, like, the pose he takes afterward, you might have, you might believe you had imagined it, but he, like, very quickly hugs Remy. Aww. <laughs> Okay. What happened? Who were they? I don't know. That was my butler. Did they kill him? Oh, sorry. That was the dogs. Why? Did he... Well, he did stab one of the dogs. He was with them. He's with them. I guess he was trying to get us for some reason. All right. Well, he rolled a one on his (laughs) investigation, so... He doesn't get anything. <laughs> oh, I rolled more ones tonight than possibly any game I've ever been a part of. Uh, I'm, I'm going to put this die over here. And that die is fire. Uh, die over here. Um, I can go ahead and give an investigation a whirl. Yeah, would you please? <laughs> Someone uh, get something. Well, this is the best die again, so... Uh, we we hit the appropriate side of the one in 20. Oh, <laughs> geez. 
So okay. we got a 20. <laughs> so you take a look at each of them. The butler has hidden, like, what would it be? Like, you find it, it's like on the back of his, like, thigh. Like, kind of a hidden place that commonly is not spot, especially for a butler. But you f- spot the image of kind of a, a zigzagging dragon tattoo mm. marked on his thigh. And you find the same tattoo on the neck of the half-orc. Uh, and on the back of the other human. Uh, do any of you recognize this symbol? It appears to be the linking connection. Uh, uh, that's a history roll, and Remy would get at advantage. I thought so. <laughs> I did a, a graphic change. Oh, natural 20 for me. Huh. Very nice. That makes sense. <laughs> I'm assuming he knows what that is. Yeah. Well, um, what what do the rest of you get? Just Just for... Oh, hey, I got a 21. 21? Very nice. I got a total of 20. Whoa. Jeez. <laughs> 14 plus 1, so 15. 15. Uh, See, we, we all know this because Remy wrote a song called My My Dad Is Named Vishnar, My Other Dad Is Named Sloan. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's my. That's his, probably one of his favorite ones to bang out when he's uh, right. at a future meeting drink. <laughs> um, yeah. So all of you know generally what this means. Remy gets pretty much like a flashback to his childhood of seeing this marked on his mother's arm and on his father's palm. You saw this thing, this sign all over the place in your early, early childhood. It was literally hanging above your crib. Mm -hmm. And when your parents left, that sign also left alongside them. It is the sign of Vilroth. And uh, yeah, it's it's his his signal in the mortal world. Yeah, so we've all I guess. Let me. Ray asks the question, and Remy says, "Yeah, I have no idea what that's about." <laughs> um, do you want to roll deception, or do you want it to be entirely see through? Uh, I'll try actually roll deception because I don't think he wants that to come. <laughs> like he's he's trying to ride this good wave of emotions and not like become suddenly become the reason for the violence that happened. Uh huh. So I'll roll. What you got? That's a 17. <laughs> well, that beats uh, the role of uh, Leah's father, because I I rolled a one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you, need a, you need to borrow the dice, <laughs> the good dice. Yeah. If I could just borrow the dice that are being used for Ray, that would be great. Yeah. I'm starting to realize how he got all those scars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, charge, and immediately trips. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I will have my advisors take a look at this. Why don't you all go down to the foyer and clean up? I will have my investigators here, and I suppose we'll have to let the city guard in to take a look. Sounds good. Let's go. Let's go, guys. Let's go. <laughs> so down uh, there, you're able to clean up a bit. Uh, a does do any of you know prestidigitation? Uh, I think I do actually. Wait. Okay. 
Uh, I do not. I have Druidcraft, but also I expended no energy. <laughs> and was generally real lazy yeah. that fight. <laughs> yeah, you're Which fine. Is, mm, so good. <laughs> I do have Prestige. Uh, I do have that one. I can't say it. Okay. <laughs> a- Aaliyah like shows her hands. Do you, could you please use this to get the blood off my hands? Oh, yeah, of course. And he wiggles his fingers and says a little poem. Clean those fingies for the... (laughs) (laughs) Man, you didn't get a lot of sleep, did you? Listen, they all can't be gold, okay? Uh, I think Fox might need it, too. Nah, that doesn't really bother me. (laughs) Okay. I have to assume that this whole time the four of us are just exchanging, like, very worried looks. Yeah, so we're, it's just the five of us in here now, right? Uh, yes, for now. So we all agreed that that was, like, Vilnar's sigil, right? Oh, definitely. Okay, so we have a problem here. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I, yes. I, I thought I was done with that, so I'm a little, a little confused and concerned as well. You were done with that, like, how? Well, I mean, I just, well, they kind of abandoned me because they were, got, you know, the heat was on them. They had the fuzz on their tail and I stopped talking to them. Like, I'd stopped seeing members of the of the order and I stopped uh, just kind of interacting with them. And I thought we were done. I'd never heard from them. It's been years. Okay. So you thought you were done with them, but it looks like they didn't think they were done with you oh god <sighs> do you know what they want <sighs> assumably what they wanted in the first place when i was born but i honestly don't even know what that was i was too young they never really told me and i was i know i was supposed to do something uh well look i'm the last person to want to suggest this but maybe we need to talk to a priest oh boy mm. Do we have to? I guess we should. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, Remy, you hear a message in your head that says, we have heard of your distress and are coming for you. Remy, Remy out loud says, what? No, who are, what? What? Did you, you didn't hear that? Remy, did you snort some of the moss puffs? Listen, I think I I didn't eat any of the mushrooms with skulls on them. I learned my lesson after last time. I thought I'd be okay. <laughs> I, uh, Remy, you can roll Arcana. Okay. That was... Oh, wow. Pretty good. 17. I'm a good night. 17. Uh, you realize that someone probably cast Sending on you, which is uh, the ability... Is a spell allowing someone to send a message over a very long distance. Hmm. Did I recognize the voice in any kind of way? Uh, no. Ugh. Although, if you look up the... Uh, I'll read sending right now. You can send a message of up to 25 words to a creature you're familiar with. The creature hears the message in its mind and recognizes if you know... If it knows you. Or uh, if it knows you. Which, you do not know this person. But they know me. Okay. And can send an answer immediately. Uh, the message would have to be back also in... 25 words or less. Okay. So then I'll send a message back and I'll say, no, leave me alone. 
you're you're the reason I'm distressed. Is that out loud? Oh, I I thought I don't know. I thought I'd say it in my head, but maybe I'd simultaneously say uh, both. Maybe both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And I think after he says that, he turns to the group and says, "Okay, I got a brain message saying that they're that I'm just they heard my distress or something, and they're coming for me. So maybe we should get out of here." I think that's a good idea. Probably. Mm. Let's get back to the shop. I know the shop. I know how to protect it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Aaliyah? I know my dad won't let me go. I thought so. I thought it's probably best if you stay here. Uh, Aaliyah, better to ask forgiveness than beg permission or however the hell that goes. <laughs> Remy says, on the other hand, that's totally true. <laughs> oh, hold on here. June fishes around in her bag and pulls out a bracelet with a stone in it. Um, she has a matching one that she wears um, and hands it to Leah. This will let us do the thing that just happened to him. Oh, okay. If anything happens here, let me know. If anything happens to us, I'll let you know. Um, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'm going to listen in on the investigators, ask them questions, and, and maybe I'll... I'll be in the library. See what I can get on this. Maybe give you something useful. Sounds good. Okay. And she like holds the bracelet up to her mouth. Hello. Is this, how does this work? <laughs> That's more or less it. Okay. Um, and so the side door to this room opens up and Leah's father walks in. Thank you for protecting my daughter. However, I would ask that you please go home. We need to investigate and understand this. I'm sure the city guard will, or a sentinel will be sent to speak with you about the events of tonight soon enough. But for now, I need to take care of my home and my family. Mm-hmm. Good idea. Let's go. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I will, I will drop the dogs off at the first pot of like <laughs> place of grass with there is so they can just you know sink into the floor and become little shrubberies <laughs> they only last an hour <laughs> that's super cool so on your way back what do you talk about what is what is running through your heads at this moment Thank you for listening to this episode of The Exquisite Lich. Our theme music is Good Ideas, Poorly Executed by Steve Combs, and you can find a link to it and all the other music used in this episode in the show notes. You can find us on Twitter at Exquisite Lich, where we'll be posting details about the world and its inhabitants with each new adventure, or at exquisitelich.com, where you can find links to all our contributors and their amazing work. And if you're so inclined, stop by iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. We deeply appreciate it. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on The Exquisite Lich.